We're going to open in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for those that are here and those that will be listening online. We ask that you lead this service and put a watch over my mouth, Lord, lest I sin against you. Prepare our hearts to receive this teaching on the meaning of Hanukkah. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would make me sensitive to what you are saying and to repeat whatever I hear you say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, we are going to talk about Hanukkah, uh, and that is the correct pronunciation. It's Hanukkah, um, not Hanukkah. Um, the correct spelling is actually C-H-A-N-U-K-A-H. Um, when they anglicized it, they changed the spelling. Um, they, I actually saw something where a Jewish woman was talking about how Google <laughs> kind of, they felt like Google, she felt like Google had changed the spelling. And, uh, so I thought that was funny, but, um, Hanukkah is also called the Festival of Lights. During Hanukkah, you can greet observers with sayings such as Happy Holidays, Happy Festival, Happy Festival of Lights. The story of how Hanukkah came to be a Jewish celebration is not in the biblical canon of the Tanakh, but is found in the Talmud, which is the central text of rabbinic Judaism and the primary source of Jewish law and theology. The Tanakh is the main sacred text of the Jews. It would be their Bible and is made up of 24 books. It consists of three parts, the Torah, which is the law from Moses, uh, the Nevi'im, which, which is the book of the prophets, and the Ketuvim, which is the, right, the book of the writings. The Torah contains the law of God as Moses received it and consists of the first five books of the Tanakh. Ironically, it's also not found, the story of Hanukkah is not found in Christian biblical canon either, <laughs> but it can be found in the Catholic Bible in the book of Maccabees, the first book of Maccabees. Although both books of Maccabees discusses what was going on during the time that Hanukkah was um, started. So the reason, one of the reasons why we're talking about this today is we are in the middle of Hanukkah. It began on December 7th using the Gregorian calendar because uh, the, it was actually supposed to be the 8th, but the Jewish calendar starts at sunset, so it runs from sunset to sunset. So it starts on December 7th for a few hours before it goes all the way into December 8th. It's actually in the Hebraic calendar, Kislev 25, which is the month of Kislev in the 25th day. And that is actually in the first book of Mac uh, Maccabees when this, this was instituted. You can, if you have the Bible app, you can actually find a Catholic version of it for free and read, read it if you'd like. It's actually 1 Maccabees chapter 4. Um, and you can, like I said, and just pull up that version and you can look at it for free. Hanukkah is a Jewish festival 
commemorating the recovery of Jerusalem and subsequent rededication of the Second Temple at the beginning of the Maccabean Revolt against the Seleucid Empire in the 2nd century BC. In 168 BC, the ruler of the Syrian kingdom, Antiochus Epiphanes IV, I'm probably butchering his name, stepped up his campaign to quash Judaism so that all subjects in his vast empire, which included the land of Israel, would share the same culture and worship the same gods. He marched into Jerusalem, vandalized the temple, erected an idol on the altar, and desecrated its holiness with the blood of swine. Decreeing that studying Torah, observing the Sabbath, and circumcising Jewish boys was punishable by death. He sent Syrian overseers and soldiers to villagers, villages throughout Judea to enforce the edicts and force Jews to engage in idol worship. When the Syrian soldiers reached Maden, which is about 12 miles northwest of the capital city of Jerusalem, they demanded that the local leader, Mattathias the Kohen, which was a member of the priestly class of Levites, be an example to his people by sacrificing a pig on the town's altar. The elder refused and killed not only the Jew who stepped forward to do the Syrian's bidding, but also the king's representative. So he got into a little bit of trouble. With the rallying cry, who is for God, follow whoever is for God, follow me, Mattathias and his five sons, Jonathan, Simon, Judah, Eliezer, and Johanan, fled to the hills and caves of the wooded Judean wilderness. They were joined by a ragtag army of other, other Jewish people like them, simple farmers dedicated to the laws of Moses, armed with the spears, bows, arrows, and rocks of the surrounding terrain. The Maccabees, as Matthias's sons, particularly Judah, came to be known, fought a guerrilla war against a, the well-trained, well-equipped, seemingly endless forces of the mercenary Syrian army. In three years, the Maccabees cleared the way back to the Temple Mount, which they reclaimed. They cleaned the temple, dismantled the defiled altar, and constructed a new one in its place. They did this because they could not use the old altar. Once it's defiled, they cannot use it again, so they have to make a new one. Three years to the day after Antiochus, Antiochus' mad rampage, the Maccabees held a dedication, which is what we call Hanukkah, of the temple with proper sacrifice. Rekindling of the golden menorah and eight days of celebration and praise to God. Proper Jewish worship had been reestablished in the temple. Now, when the temple was cleaned and rededicated by the Maccabees, its menorah had to be lit with oil that had been ritually purified and sealed by a rabbi. The Maccabees could only find enough purified oil to last one day, and they found it in a, um, a craft. And it would take eight more days to produce more oil under the proper ritual standards. By a miraculous move of God, 
I believe, me, I believe, because of the faith of the Maccabees to go ahead and light the menorah knowing there was only a one-day supply of oil. The Lord refilled that carafe of oil every single day, and it lasted for eight days. By that time, the new purified oil had been finished being processed and made, and they were able to use that because the, the, the law was that that menorah was never, the light was never to go out. They were to refill it every single day. To commemorate this event, Jews observe Hanukkah for eight nights by lighting a special menorah, which is a nine-branched candelabrum. This, this is a miniature one here. Also known as the Hanukkah. To distinguish it from the seven-branched menorah in the temple. So the everyday menorah is seven-branched and like it's on... It's, the kind, it's the one that's on, this is the, it was the seven branched. So <clears throat> that's the everyday or the great menorah. Um, and they also have everyday menorahs in their homes. Eight branches of the menorah represent the extra days the temple oil lasted. The ninth branch is for the shamash or the servant candle, which is this one. The servant candle, candle is often called the Christ candle by believers of Christ, which is used to light the others. Starting with the single light on the first night, so you add candles as each night goes by, a new light is added throughout Hanukkah and is often celebrated, the holiday is often celebrated by eating fried foods to represent the oil. Typically, potato latkes and I hope I can say this right. Safganiyat, which is a fried donut. Um, it usually has like powdered sugar over it. Sometimes it's filled with jelly. Sometimes it's not. So let's go ahead and turn to Romans 11, 23 through 25 in your Bibles. I'm already there. What does this mean to us as Christians? I'm sure that all of you are like, well, I don't understand why we're even learning about this today. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus, or Yeshua, which is what he's, his Hebrew name, was Jewish. He celebrated Hanukkah. We as Christ followers should know about these feasts and festivals because we are grafted into the body of Christ, according to Romans 11, 23, 25, which says, and even they, if they do, and this is the they is us, Gentiles, and even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature, which is us. We are grafted contrary to our nature into a cultivated olive tree. How much more will these, the natural branches, now they're talking, he's, he's talking about the Jews, these natural branches be grafted back into their own olive tree. Lest you will, lest you be wise in your own sight. I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come 
upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. I just want to say here that the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. You know how I know that? There's an organization called OneIsrael.org, and they are Messianic Jews that know Christ, that are on the ground in Israel, and they are there are Israelis in the IDF that are in Gaza celebrating Hanukkah as Christ believers, as the as the Messiah, as their Messiah. The the fact that there are so many Jews that are coming to Christ now says that we are getting close to the end times. That is an actual that is an actual prophecy that said that when this came that when this came to pass that that we were becoming to the end of times. Now, go ahead and go to Exodus 12:14 and this is speaking about Passover. Exodus 12:14, this day shall be for you a memorial day. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. As grafted in children of God, I will suggest to you that it very much pleases God that we, his children, remember his miracles and celebrate these, these holidays as well. Do you have to? No, you don't have to. I do because I want to because I know that it pleases God. And the reason why we don't have to is found in Acts 15, 28 through 29. I don't have this in my notes, but I pulled it up this morning. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater. He's talking, this is, I believe it's the council. It's a letter from the council of, of Jewish uh, people, of Jewish authority. Um speaking to this is a letter speaking to the gentiles that paul was taking with them for it has seemed good to the holy spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality if you keep yourselves from these you will do well farewell <clears throat> So we do not have to do these, but I believe that God honors when we do these festivals. I've been following Rabbi Kurt Landry for many years, and he teaches on the observance of Jewish holidays and how to observe them pro properly as a Christ believer. Most of what I'm going to relate to you uh, comes from Rabbi Landry's teachings. He was raised as a Christian Gentile because he was adopted at birth. And his family were Christians. And when he found out as an adult that he was Jewish, uh, and the reason why he had been adopted out was because his, his mother, I think his mother was Jewish and his father was Catholic. So, yeah. So they had to adopt him out because neither one of those families was going to accept what was going on. And so he was adopted out. And when he went back to his Jewish roots, he is now a very um, plugged in with Israel. 
He, he's a very plugged in Jew with Israel and he does a lot of work with them. I don't know if, if you guys know who he is, or, but um, he, one of his, one of his things is the one new man, which is where this, the, my tattoo comes from. It's the one new man symbol, um, which is Ephesians 15, uh, 2.15. And uh, it's the grafting in of the, of the Gentiles with the Jews. So I'm going to, before I go into this, I'm going to talk to you about the candles. So day one of Hanifa, uh, this is, this is the, uh, this first candle is the servant candle called the Shamash in Hebrew, and it represents Jesus Christ. And it, this candle is used, you, you get a new candle um, for Jesus every night, the servant candle, which lights the other candles. So you start from, the candles get added every night from right to left, but they are lit from left to right. And so you start with this candle, this one gets lit, and then you light them from, from left to right. And the day one candle um, also represents uh, Jesus also, which I think that's weird that's, the, that's in there. The second candle represents the covenant between you and Father God. It represents the duality of man, which is the body and the spirit. So our, our body and our spirit are constantly at war with each other because your spirit man wants to do God's will while your body wants to do fleshly things. And this is the reason why we fight with ourselves with sin and have to live a life of repentance. We have to repent for our sins. Whenever we're doing something we know that we're not supposed to be doing, it's because of that duality. The third candle, candle number three, because we're on day four. Tonight we'll, we will light, I will light all of these candles. Uh, the third candle represents the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the fourth candle represents an open door of opportunity. The reason why it, it represents an open door is because the number four in the Hebrew language, you remember me talking about how numbers in Hebrew also stand for words in Hebrew. Number four is an open door. We are currently in the Hebrew year of 5784. This is an open door year. And it's, it's God has opened a door in the heavenlies for us to move through. The fifth candle, which is not here, but will be um, tomorrow, represents God's grace and favor. And candle number six represents the number I'm sorry, the nature represents the nature of man, which is carnal and weak. And day seven candle represents the perfection of the Messiah. And the number eight candle represents new beginnings. If you would like, I this, this is a download from Kurt Landry's site. And you just uh, go into the search engine and put in... Hanukkah, and um, it will, you should be able to find it, and it's like a little PDF that has the blessings, because as I light the candles, I say a blessing. Um, I, 
and I know that there's there you you can do it a bunch of different ways and I don't think that God I don't think that God is a respecter of persons. He doesn't care how you do it as long as you're as long as you're doing it with a right heart and a pure heart. And um, you'll also see that if you look online, a lot of Jews, if they if they don't know Christ, if they're not Messianic Jews, they they will say that that Christians shouldn't celebrate it. But that's because they don't believe that Jesus is their Messiah. So if you go to First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty. So as we learned earlier in the Jewish temple, which was God's house that had been desecrated by the Syrians, the Maccabees cleaned it up and purified the temple. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20, Paul says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. During Hanukkah, Christians should be reflecting on purifying our temple. What is the condition of the spiritual atmosphere of your church? Is your, is your spirit in right alignment with Holy Spirit? Our hearts, are, our hearts as Christians is where the Spirit of God dwells. We are the new temple. Has our temple been defiled by compromise to worldly and sinful things? Have we let the enemy talk us into compromising our biblical morals and values? Have we allowed the, this Hellenized evil spirit to take over the way that we worship? Are we being challenged by the enemy? Is he saying, listen, you're going to sacrifice your children on my altar? Or are you going to protect your children from the, all of the corruption and the videos and the things that are coming out that are a direct assault on your Christian values. The story of Hanukkah is absolutely playing out today. Secular American culture wants us to defile our homes with unrighteousness and sin. Is your oil pure or is it counterfeit? During the Hanukkah festival, we are called to sanctify our church, our house, our family, and ourselves. To sanctify means to set apart, set ourselves apart. It gives us just a few minutes each evening to reflect on getting our lives and families in alignment with God. It is a time of restoration to a right relationship with Yeshua, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we will do this, there is an anointing God wants to do in us and over us that breaks the yoke of compromised lifestyles. Hanukkah is a time of breaking the yoke of oppression. That was, the Macca that was what the Maccabees were doing, and that is what the Lord is calling us to through the remembrance of these miracles of God now. Remember the miracles that, what, that God has done for you in your life. Remember that you are washed in the blood of Jesus. That he died for your sins so that you can live in the presence of God for eternity. I will never get over and I don't ever want to get over the miracle that God did in me. The fact that my sinful nature as torn up and broken and sinful as I was. And I did some horrendous things. 
that he forgave me. I don't ever want to get over that. I don't ever want to be complacent in that. So during Hanukkah, I remember what God did for me. I remember every miracle he ever did in my life. And he has done many miracles. But the greatest one that he ever did for me was that I was a sinner. And he pulled me up out of that and changed my life. Changed the trajectory of my, trajectory of my life and changed the way I was walking and did a change in me that I can never, I could have never done on my own. So, do you have to celebrate Hanukkah? No. But thank God I get to. I thank him every year that I get to. So we're going to, um, we're going to play the last song of the day. Sorry for crying. Um, no, I'm not sorry for crying. I'm not. <laughs> That's not true. Um, I'm not going to apologize for being emotional because I love my God and he loves me. Um, but we're going to play the last song. And as we do, uh, I would like for you to ask the Lord, what are you saying to me today? What do you want me to get from this service from the heart of God? Father God, we come to you now in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you that the significance of Hanukkah is that you are giving us the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, to cleanse our temples. That the light of the Holy Spirit might be lit in us, that we might carry his glory, his power, and his dominion. And Lord, I thank you for entrusting us with your light to carry. Lord, as we leave here today, bless all of our days with your grace, guidance, and provision. Keep us safe and watch over us. We pray your sustaining presence will go with us and walk with us through our week and bring us safely back to your house again. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings and for all the tithes and offerings that are received. Bless the ministries that we are sowing into and for the people that are being blessed by our faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.